Why, hello there. You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I'm your host, Amy. This is the podcast where we only put out aesthetic vibes. There are too many bad vibes in the universe, so this podcast is dedicated to turning that around and spreading all the positivity. This podcast will focus on all types of relevant and irrelevant topics. Sometimes we dive into the deep and meaningful, and other times they're completely meaningless. But one thing's for sure, you will walk away with a really aesthetic vibe. And I hope I can empower you to build a really aesthetic life. Welcome to today's episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about higher education today. This being education that you do above and beyond school level education. I'm predominantly going to focus on university studies and I'm going to give you my thoughts on university studies as a whole. Let's go. So to begin with, I'm going to make it perfectly clear, I am an educator. (laughs) I educate people. I've done so for a very long time. So 15 plus years in the workforce. So predominantly peers, managers, senior managers, pretty much anyone you can think of. (laughs) So my core existence was business problem solving. So I would educate others on how to apply the same methods or tools in order to solve problems. Um, A lot of my problems were usually things like, okay, there's um, wastage of costs in this area. How do we fix it? Or maybe we've got broken processes in a different area. How do we fix that? So the problems were generally any size. They could be quite small. They could be quite large. They could be business identified, customer identified. And my area of specialty was um, operational and strategic problem solving, along with knowledge based. I've also been lecturing for a while now at an Australian university that specializes in higher education, predominantly uh, postgraduate studies. And that's the area I generally teach um, MBA, so master's students um, or those completing coursework as part of their doctorate or maybe a diploma of some description that's categorized as postgraduate studies. So my area of specialty as a teacher are business-related subjects. Um, And based on my work experience, I have the ability to flex into different areas. So I'm very lucky in what I do. There's a lot of diversity as well. So I kind of get to try a lot of different subjects, uh, teaching different subjects. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very fulfilling in that respect. And for additional context, I have four degrees and one of those is a professional doctorate. So I am a doctor. And my area of specialty is business psychology is kind of how I describe it because that's probably the easiest way to understand it without going into so much detail. But yes, I have many degrees, um, which qualifies me to be teaching at a postgraduate level. So as an educator, I am a firm believer in education. I look at education as a personal investment. So this is something you work hard for something you achieve 
and something that can't be taken away from you. So education is a learning journey that spans over many years. Most degrees will be at a minimum three years. And there's a reason behind that. It's because the knowledge that's being taught cannot be taught overnight. It is a progressive journey. Your education builds upon itself and it becomes more and more complex and challenging after every subject. And there's a method to madness here. If you're studying an undergraduate degree, you start with 1,000 level subjects. You progress to 2,000 and 3,000. There's a method here. (laughs) So being a first year student studying a third year subject, not wise. You're not going to have the foundational knowledge to grasp that information subject or topic. So this learning journey, I look at it as a marathon. It's not a sprint. A big part of this journey is showing stamina and being able to continue to grow personally and professionally over a period of time. There's no race to the finish here. Um, My patience grows really thin with people who claim, oh, I just want it over with. I just want to have this degree already. Um, Okay, cool. That's probably not a good thing that you're saying that because you are not seeing the journey or the learning experience. So your thoughts are mismatched against what you need to be doing. So this for me is an indicator. Maybe this isn't the right pathway if that's where your thinking is. So when people talk to me about education and I've had a lot of people ask me a lot of questions and for a lot of advice as well. Um, I'm always an advocate, so I'm always going to consider, is there something this person should be studying? And there's many different forms of it. However, the questions that I will usually pose to those individuals before they really embark on that education journey is, what's the purpose of you doing this study? What do you expect to gain from it? Do you understand career opportunities with or without this study? What career progression will this open for you? And do you understand the process behind this degree? Another point to consider is cost. There is a cost associated with studying. If you're lucky, you might be able to pay the fees up front. This isn't the case for a lot of people in Australia. So student loans are obtained via the government and they're paid back from your salary once you reach a certain earning threshold. This takes many years to pay back. Payoff needs to be weighed. In addition, you're also looking at textbooks because each subject has a prescribed textbook. You're also looking at stationery, a laptop, programming, software such as Grammarly, etc, etc. Education isn't for everybody and some people are best suited to learning in the workplace. So I think a big part of it is understanding what is my preferred learning style to then understand what is the preferred way for me to obtain this information, knowledge or education. Let's consider a law degree. Let me walk you through the process of being admitted. Okay, so first you need a recognised degree. So let's pause there. The degree needs to be recognised. So you need to find a degree that fits this category and is recognised by the admission board. You complete your degree. You need to maintain quite a reasonable GPA in law because as you're applying for roles, you need to submit your transcript. It's mandatory. A lot of people miss out on roles because their marks fluctuate um, and they haven't been able to maintain a consistent GPA. The next thing you do is practical legal training. So practical legal training is at a minimum three months 
up all the way up until six months. So three months full-time, six months part-time. And uh, it's a practical course where you are taught fundamental subjects. Really, you should know this information by this point. It's really a recap. Um, and then you have um, assessments, which are all verbal. And you get asked a thousand and one questions <laughs> and you have to be able to answer them on the fly. So it's very much like a moot, if you like. So you need to complete that. You also need to do uh, three months worth of placement. <laughs> uh, most people do that for free. so <laughs> You don't get paid for that. So once you've ticked all those boxes, you've got the degree, you've maintained a good GPA, um, you've done your practical legal training, you've done your practical experience, you can then go for admission. But let's pause there for a moment because there are admission criteria. So to the to the one <laughs> to the individual who has not researched this and has left this to this point, uh, this is scary. So every person that is considering a law degree needs to consider the admission criteria. If you hold child support debt, money owing to the government, outstanding speeding fines, uh, if you have a mental illness that is untreated, if like the, li the list is never ending. There are so many things on there. And if any of these hold, they need to be declared before the admission board finds it out themselves. So as part of your admission criteria, you need to declare each of these um, because the admission board is going to do their research on you anyway, and they're going to find this information out. So not disclosing is... Um, an indicator that you are not a fit and proper person, you'll be declined. However, when you do de disclose, um, they can also de decide to decline you because if you've got, for example, many speeding fines that you haven't paid, unfortunately, a fit and proper person does not have outstanding speeding fines and you're probably going to get declined admission. And then <laughs> the cherry on top, you might be able to get through the admission criteria. However, if somebody knows something about you and they believe that you are not a fit and proper person, they can lodge an objection with the admission board and they can object to you being admitted. <laughs> so happy days. There are so many hoops to jump through. And I know it's sim similar in medicine, um, but I mean, it's just a great example of you need to do your research before you jump feet first into a degree because this is a prime example there are so many other criteria you need to meet there are so many additional things you need to do and then to top it off the legal industry in Australia is a very small small group so if you apply at one place and maybe you go for an interview and then you don't get it and you apply at a different place it's highly likely there'll be people between those two firms talking so it's a very, very small industry here in Sydney. So, um, oh, and sorry, it would be remiss of me to also state once you're admitted, you cannot work independently. You need to be supervised for many years before you are able to practice independently on an open certificate. So for a lot of people, they get uh, down the pathway and we'll be hit with one of these issues and it's a lot of wasted work 
So the point here is if you are considering studying, you need to consider all of these factors. These are all important factors that should be playing a part in your self-analysis around is this right for me? In business subjects, so the space that I teach is slightly different, GPA is important, but it's not your make or break. Um, what really comes into play here is your ability to turn theory into practice. That is the most important aspect. So what I mean by that is being able to say, look, I studied this course, the theory taught me this, and this is how I took it back into the workplace and utilized it. So let's say you are considering um, higher education in some form. You need to determine what subjects, topics or courses interest you. Then you need to commence your research on the universities that offer this learning or study. You then need to consider what mechanism will you use to obtain the study? Will I do it face to face? Can I can I afford that time? Am I working full time? Do I need to do it of an evening? Do I need to do it online? Another consideration is the ranking of the university. So employers are now looking more and more to the top ranked universities when they're considering hiring people. And this is so predominant in law. Some universities score higher, others rank lower. And you you do see people from specific universities being hired by firms over and over again. So you really need to understand where your university sits in the ranking. All right. Have I scared you off? <laughs> no need to be scared. Okay. So I would say if you've considered everything that I've talked about and it's something you are sure about, do it. Age is not important. Just do it. If you are interested, enroll. Pick up a couple of subjects and see how you go. If you hate it, you don't have to do it. Drop out, move on. If you love it, do it. Keep going. I have many students in my subjects from all walks of life. So I've got some looking for a competitive advantage for promotion. I've got mature age students who are looking to change roles, industries or jobs. I am looking for some that just want the challenge from a knowledge perspective. I've got some that just want a new pathway and everything in between. So let's talk about some tips and hints. And I think uh, I think any educator would agree with me. So let's talk about assessments, right? Each week you need to prioritize your time and you need to balance both your coursework and your assessments. However, at the end of the day, if you are time poor, assessments are number one. Your assessments are how you will be judged and awarded credit for the subject. So assessments need to be the highest of priority. I often have students say to me, oh, I've got this assessment due. Where do I start? And I feel like I feel like I'm on repeat with this one. The marking rubric is your key to success. Have it next to you while you're writing your assessment and tick off every single criteria you are being assessed on. Your content needs to be good quality. Don't present rubbish because the lecturer will see that the lecturer slash marker I should say will see that in 15 seconds of opening your assessment and they'll go this is this is rubbish the other thing that a lot of people don't get if a thought is not yours do not claim it is you need to reference and <laughs> we know when there are thoughts 
that are not a student's. We're not silly. (laughs) We often read an assessment and we'll go, oh, that's the thought of such and such. The student didn't reference that. That's an indicator of plagiarism. And then if you have your own thoughts, which are fantastic, I don't really care about hearing them unless you have a scholar or an academic that supports your position. So this is the point where you, you can have an opinion, but it needs to be backed by someone who matters. Don't piss your marker off by presenting garbage. We will look at the way you've formatted your layout, your spelling, your academic phrasing and your grammar. I remember one of my supervisors said to me when I was writing my thesis, Amy, (laughs) attention to detail is key. Do not piss the marker off before they've even opened up page one of your thesis. So if you've got inconsistent formatting, maybe you're using different punctuation throughout, you're going to shit them. So attention to detail is key. Talk to me about the theory and then apply it practically. I say to my students to take a creative risk. And a lot of the subjects that I teach, um, we're teaching how to, in a professional environment, apply this theory. So um, I love creativity. Be creative and don't be scared to take a risk. There are plenty of different tools that you can use to enhance the content that you submit. Uh, Most universities have services that assist students. A few of them have Studiosity, which my university did for my law degree, which was very, very helpful. There's even uh, courses, classes or resources with people at the university who can offer support to students. Okay, so I've talked a little bit about assessments. Education has always been a personal journey for me, so it's something to enhance my mind and build resilience. There are assessments that I've poured my heart and soul into And then I get the result and it's not what I was looking for. The most important thing here is the feedback. And for me, when I'm giving feedback, I use the more, better, different, less model. What was done well and then where are the areas of improvement? I'm an advocate for learning experiences being encompassing. And I understand that life can be stressful and things get in the way, which is why I really encourage my students to have two-way communication with me. Even if it's just to drop an email and say, hey, Amy, I am so stressed. This assessment, it's really pushing me to my limits. I'll reply with, okay, cool. What can we do here to assist? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about whatever it might be? I much prefer to get emails from students just saying hello and giving me a personal update. um, Because if they do need to apply for extensions, I at least know what's going on in their lives. Okay. I get that education's not for everyone. For some, the learning environment is suitable. For others, there are other pathways to getting to similar places or similar roles in the workplace. Some people really do enjoy studying for the learning process, and that's me. I love knowledge, building up a skill set or knowledge base. I actually find that exciting. So becoming an expert in something. I get way too excited about this. My poor students... I I often will go off into, you know, these crazy stories and examples because I do really get super excited about the stuff that I teach. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to I'm going to park it. If you have a question on this topic or you're considering higher education and you don't know where to start, just drop me an email at aestheticvibespodcast@outlook.com and I can be a sounding board for you. I hope you can actually see it is an amazing enriching process in the right place and time for the right people for other people other pathways are more suitable my advice is if you've ever considered it 
or maybe you're thinking I'm too old for this. You're not. You can do anything you want to do. And that's the other thing. I've had, you know, people say to me, oh, you know, you get good marks. I get good marks because I work hard. I don't just naturally wake up, write something on a piece of paper, submit it, and then just do fantastically. No, no, no. I work damn hard. When I was studying for my law degree, I was studying daily and then all weekends, sun up to sundown. I did not stop. I studied so hard. So yes, I did get good marks, but that's okay. I worked hard for it. Anyway, that's my final thoughts. Um, Do what makes you happy and just think to yourself, if you are up for the challenge, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone is usually where we as humans thrive. So do it. Jump in. As with every episode, we now move to a lighter topic. Okay, have you guys heard of glitches in the matrix? Basically, it's where these small unusual things are happening and there's no logical explanation for what has occurred. And there are hundreds and thousands of people reporting these alleged glitches. Okay, so let me explain a little bit. So people are claiming that uh, maybe they're buying an object. Let's just use an example. They're buying an object, leaving with one object, paying. They pay for this one object. They leave the store, they go home, and then all of a sudden there's two of them. (laughs) People are claiming conversations with certain people and the other person is having no recollection of that discussion. People are also claiming to lose or gain time during their day. Let me share a couple of the examples that I've found. And I'm seeing lots of these on TikTok. Let's talk about things disappearing. So I found an example where um, a couple of friends were sitting in a bedroom on the bed and they were chatting. One of the girls puts her phone down as they're all chatting, goes to pick it back up and it's gone. So for a few minutes, she starts picking things up, putting things down. Everyone's looking. They call it. They can't hear it. They then take the sheets, the pillowcases um, and the doona covers off the bed and they shake everything out. No phone. They look under the bed, behind the bed. They literally pulled the room apart. Can't find it. The phone is gone. So even though they hadn't left the bedroom, they decided to start searching through the entire apartment. They tear the apartment apart, cannot find the phone. So they go, righto, let's just have a look in her car. And it was in the locked boot of her car. By boot, I think people uh, in the States refer to it as trunk. (laughs) We call it a boot. They lived on like a third story apartment and she literally used it. And they like the people saw her use it, put it down and vanished. Okay, so that's one example. People are also reporting time is stopping. So there's, there's an example of like a, a teenager in their room. They, they're like, okay, I'm going to go make a sandwich. They look at the clock before they leave the room and note that it's 6.48 p.m., for example. Go to the kitchen, make a sandwich, get some chips, get a drink, get all the, all the snacks necessary, thinking, okay, it's probably taken me, what, 10, 15 minutes. If I think about it, I'm making a salad sandwich, grab some chips. Yeah, 10, 10, 15 minutes. Go back to the bedroom and the clock still says 6.48 p.m. And no, the clock didn't stop because the, the person stood there and in like literally 30 seconds later, it turned to 6.49 p.m. What the hell? So there are different areas in people's towns or locations 
where people claim that they leave work and they're somehow home within five minutes when it's a 20 minute drive. And there are lots of people experiencing this in the same spots. There's also objects not appearing or appearing. So there's an example of a teenager eating dinner in their room. Uh, dad came in to check, asked, do you want more tea? Handed the cup to the dad. The dad's like, I'll go get it for you. Walked out, closed the door. Then the teenager looking back over and finding the teacup right by their hand. There was one on TikTok, which it was completely caught on video. So it was a girl working in some sort of fast food place and she was preparing, I think it was a drink, and she was chopping a lemon. So she cut the lemon in half and then she had the two halves sitting on the board and then she cut the halves into quarters. You see all of it. The cameras are pointed directly to that area, right near the cash registers. So they're there for a reason. They're obviously watching the cash registers. She chops these um, lemons in half and then quarters. And then she goes away to grab something. I think it was a cup. I can't remember. Comes back, goes to pick up the quarter, and the lemon is back in its half. And when they rewound the footage and they showed you the footage, you actually see in the footage where it looks like the lemon kind of congeals and turns back into one. It's really weird. I don't know how to describe it. There's no break in the footage. Like the footage has no break in it. There's a timestamp on it running the entire time. No interference from anyone else. Nobody else touched it. And it just looks like the lemon grows and then reattaches itself together. Like what the hell? I started thinking... Has anything like this happened to me? And then I'm like, well, shit, how would I know? I've got the shittest memory. And weird shit always happens. But then I'm like, hmm, yeah, my husband probably did that. Or mm, the dog probably carried that there. Or eh, that might have been the cat knocking that over. I don't know. Have you guys experienced this? Is this a thing? Or are we letting our imaginations run away with us? I don't know. That video was damn convincing. It was so convincing. I was like, holy shit. There's like a whole side to TikTok around these glitch in the matrix topics. Like there's there's like so many of them. If you're on TikTok, I recommend you go look. This shit is weird. Have we identified a glitch in the matrix? Is this a simulation? Oh my God. Imagine if it was. Anyway, okay. Let me know if any of you guys have experienced any of this before. that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's episode where I talked a little bit about education and some of the things that I believe are important with education. Please note, these are just my thoughts, my feelings, and my experiences from being both an educator and a perpetual student, which I have been for my entire life. I also hope that you enjoyed the glitches in the matrix. I don't know, guys. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's real. But then how do you explain some of this shit? Join me next episode as I conduct a true crime dive on some recent cases that we've seen make the headlines. I will also discuss some topics that really make me uncomfortable. So I've got a few topics, a few things that I just don't like discussing. And I'll explain why. In the meantime, let's hang out on social media. So hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod. Or drop me an email at aestheticvibespodcast at outlook.com. Oh, also, 
you can visit my brand new website. I have a website. I'm still working on it, but it's up and running and it is aestheticvibespodcast.com. Some cool pictures, there's some link to my podcast, there's some outtakes that I've posted. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Call by. Until next time. Bye.